I, I heard that the teaching series that you all have been in has had to do with the mission of the church, the mission of the church. And I want to circle around that just for a few moments and talk about, talk about the church and what church is, what church means, and then what do we do as a church. And there are so many concepts, there are so many principles, and I know you've already heard quite a few of them as Pastor John has been leading in this, and um, you know the wonderful picture, I believe, last week of, of the commissioning of those who are doing things outside of the building, and that's really where I wanna circle. What happens outside the building? I want to read St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. And what you might have is the King James Version. Um, I have that in my other notes I'm going to read today out of the New American Standard. Sorry, Victor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and so I'll start with, I'll start with Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. This is one of my favorite passages, especially over the past decade, as I have learned more and more about the church. I grew up at a church in West Philadelphia when I was a little boy, my mom and dad having migrated from Birmingham, Alabama, but all of our family up here, and um, this is in the late 50s, the early 60s. and. Uh, and so my dad and my mom, they were, they were leaders in a church over on 51st and Haverford Avenue. It's called Non-Sectarian Church of God. And one Sunday evening, my dad was preaching. And at the end of that time, he had a call to decision. And as an 11-year-old, I walked up and gave my life to Jesus. And I went through my teenage years up until my adult years, thinking that church was this place we come to twice a week, Sunday morning worship, and, and then that time on Wednesday for a Bible study and the other activities that would happen. And I thought that when I walked into this sanctuary, this, this cathedral, and this was uh, a, a, uh, a renovated movie theater was the church that we had back then. That was the building. And I thought God was here. You don't run in church. You whisper in church, you know. You don't eat in church. All of these things that show that God is here, let's make sure we treat this place like he is. 
But I learned that church isn't a building. Church is the agency that Jesus has put in place. It is that gathering of at least two or three, if you, if you read chapter uh, of St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, and around verse 18 and 19, you'll hear Jesus say that where at least two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. And what Jesus did was he leveraged what was already going on in Palestine. As Rome was coming in and they were overthrowing different areas, the, the emperor did not need to be there. He would put together his governmental agents, and all they needed was at least two or three to be present in order for the mandate of the emperor to be in place. Just two or three. And what does Jesus do? Jesus leverages it by saying he goes to the darkest place in the region, and it's called the Gates of Hades. It was the darkest realm there was, and he does two things. He goes there, and he establishes who he is. He says, who do men say that I am? What's the, what's the word on the street? And so they respond. Some say you're... Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, one of the prophets. He says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, his real name is Simon Barjona. But Jesus nicknames him Little Rock. That's what Peter means, Little Rock. Because Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, because of that revelation you received from the Spirit of God, it makes you solid as a little rock. And so from then on, he called him Peter. And he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Remember, he's now leveraging a moment. He's leveraging a way that people could understand. And so he says, I'm going to do what Rome is already doing. They're developing these governmental agents where you only need two or three, and they bring out the will of Rome, even when the emperor isn't there. He says, I now am going to build my agents. And he used the term church or ecclesia. Ecclesia is the government term that was being used. It wasn't a building. It wasn't a temple. It wasn't a synagogue. It was an agency that wherever they went, they would represent the emperor. And Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my ecclesia. I'm going to build my agency so that wherever two or three are gathered, Heaven is there. And whatever heaven has already said to be true, binding, or whatever heaven has said to be true, releasing, those two or three at least have that authority to do it. This is interesting because over the years, church has become this term where it shows where we gather and 
and what we do when we gather. Jesus is building his church in such a way where he says, do like I do. Wherever there is darkness, the church or the mission of the church to use where we've been here should show up. And those dark forces should not be able to stand against it. What does that look like practically? Practically, it says, we come here, we enjoy this environment, we enjoy fellowship, we enjoy worship and songs and scriptures, we enjoy these moments, but we don't leave heaven here. Heaven's opinion here. Heaven's perspective here. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's poured himself on me for the bruised, for the broken, for the lame, for the blind, for the poor. Not everybody could handle that. So they started saying things like, well, who is this guy? Isn't he the son of the carpenter? We know him. He lives around the corner. How is he going to say God is on him? And in Luke chapter 4, it says that because they were so upset with his words, they tried to run him off a cliff. Can you say today what Jesus has said? that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? Can you connect as the church with another Christian on your street? Can you connect with another Christian on your job? And together, can in prayer, you bring heaven's opinion to that area? You see, if Philadelphia is going to receive a revival of God with Christians. If there's going to be a, a huge number of people coming to Jesus, and if there is going to be transformation of the broken areas, the dark areas of our city, then the church will have to show up. And the church is big. It's not just for Philadelphia. The church is big. The church is in Botswana. The church is in India. The church is in China. The church is in Kansas. The church is in Kensington. And if there will be a revival of God where people are turning to their king, if there will be a harvest of people saying, I need Jesus, I, I realize I need him, and if there will be a transformation from dark places to light places, and whether it's gun violence or whether it's poverty or whether it's abuse on any level, economic downtrodden, whoever it is, the church can show up and we can bring heaven's opinion here. Well, what is heaven's opinion? Everywhere Jesus went, he says God can do Miracles. Everywhere he went, he healed. Everywhere he went, he blessed. It's important for us to represent our king. God is good. Nothing's impossible 
We represent the cross of Jesus Christ, and it fixes everything. And every individual is significant. I close my time out by sharing with you what was said in uh, Luke chapter 10. Jesus told the disciples to do a few things. He was going to go through Samaria to get to where he was going, and he had them go in chapter 9 and prepare the way. When they did, they didn't receive him. They knew that Jesus was just passing through. And so they, they talked against it. They talked down on it. The disciples got offended. They went back to Jesus and gave a report, and they said they're not receiving what we're saying about you coming in. And then they said something very interesting. They said, Jesus, will you allow us to use the authority you've given us? May we rain down fire on this town. Some of you are hearing that for the first time. Yes, it is as fantastic as you just heard it. We've got disciples of Jesus who represents the loving father and the healer of nations. These individuals are saying to Jesus, let us burn this town up because they're not receiving what you said. And Jesus' response was, guys, what spirit are you of? You can read it in Luke chapter 9, and then in chapter 10, he comes back to them, having spent time with the father, and he says this, he says, I'm going to send you out two by two. And when you go out, there are certain things that I want you to do. I want you to go and spend some time with those that are in the area. Spend some time. Get to know them. Get to know them. Get to know them. And when you get to know them, I want you to fellowship with them. Bless them. Fellowship with them. Find out what their needs are. Meet those needs. And then when they say, wow, you're amazing to take care of us like this. You're amazing to think about this, us like this. I want you to say to them, this is the kingdom of heaven. That was a dark area that Jesus sent the 72. Later on, they came back and they said, Jesus, even the devils, the demons are subject unto us through your name. Jesus said, I'm out here looking at the town that you went into, and I see the dark force that's hovering over it. And I'm speaking, you know, just using a license to describe what he said. He says, while you were there, blessing, fellowshipping with them, getting to know them, and meeting their needs, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw the heavy force that was hovering over that town fall. What a picture. What a picture and an example for the church. We get to come into Kensington. We get to come into North Philadelphia. We get to go into West Philadelphia. We get to go into South Philadelphia. We get to go into those 57 intersections where gun violence has been documented is the most. And we get to bring the light of heaven 
from spending time with individuals, blessing individuals, meeting their needs, and then letting them know the kingdom of heaven has come. It doesn't just have to be on those 57 blocks. It could be on the street where you live. Will you agree to be the church? I, I, I love worship. I used to pretend to be sick when I was little so I wouldn't have to go to school because we lived right across the street from the church and I loved the atmosphere of the church. I didn't know years later I'd be a pastor. But I love these environments. And I've been in all kinds of churches, storefront churches, cathedrals. I did a wedding down at the Basilica of St. Peter and Paul, and I walk in, and all of the ornamental glory that's in there. But the church must not reside in the building. The church must get into the streets, into the spheres that you oversee. Will you... Will you agree to find out whether the Christians are on your job? Whether the Christians live on your street, even if they don't go to liberty? Church isn't submitted to a denomination, to a title or a location. The church are those two or three at least who have been saved and changed. Their sins have been washed away. And just like Isaiah in response to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit saying, who will go for us? The church are the ones who say, here am I, send me. Bow your heads together. Father, thank you for pictures of what you want to do. Thank you for this congregation and the amazing leadership that is here. Pastor John and this, the elders and the deacons, all of those who oversee ministries here, thank you for these families, these fathers and mothers, men and women, these young adults, these teenagers, these children. Father, we are all here representing your church as you have saved us and changed us. And this morning, we respond with an affirmation of your great call to go into all the world, to baptize, to make disciples, to pray for the sick, the poor, the broken, the bruised, those in the hospital, those in prison, those with no food, those with no homes. The executives, the sports figures, the movie stars, the managers and store owners, those that live in our streets, the streets that we live on, our cities. Lord, we say yes to you this morning, but I ask you to fill this house with your presence. Fill, fill everyone here with the precious Holy Spirit, that as we go and move into moments where these doors are closed, where this location, the lights may be off. Lord, may the lights be on on our street because the church lives on the street we live on. The church resides in the office buildings we work in. 
the movie theaters that we visit, the restaurants. May we be filled to touch lives as you have touched ours. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.